Welcome to Right to Food. I'm Faith, and I'm part of a team of young food ambassadors from across the country, working with the Food Foundation to create better access to good food for everyone. We ambassadors have a vision, and we've written the Children's Right to Food Charter, calling for government action to tackle children's food insecurity and obesity. This week, we're looking at free school meals and why it's so important for the government to make them available to all children, regardless of ability to pay. I noticed like they wouldn't eat at lunch with us, or they'd just sit and very eat either very little or nothing at all. Now, just before lockdown one, I began to investigate the issues around free school meals in our school in Pustatin with Beth, my fellow ambassador for Wales. At that time, I was on free school meals myself, with just £2.35 a day to spend on food and drink compared to the average £5 most of my friends like Beth would get from their parents. I told her what my choice of free school meal looked like that day. Today I was sausage, mash and veg, um, chicken korma with rice, two pasta bake, or jack potato, beans and cheese. I'm going to have the sausage, um, potatoes and veg. Some of the um, some school food tends to come out of packets sometimes, so it's not it's not fresh. So to me, that's not tasty. I don't I don't really mind that it's frozen because generally at home I have a dad who just buy packets of frozen food, so we've always got stuff in. Beth isn't as impressed with the quality of choice. Usually, I know in in our school, I don't know whether it be the same in other schools, but there seems to be a basis for all foods, which is bread and cheese and ham. Now, if you're eating that every single day in whatever variety, it's not going to be good for your health, and that's not a healthy, balanced diet, which it should be in schools. I know in primary schools there's a massive push on healthy eating, and that's not seems to have been transported to high schools yet. It's quite depressing, really, because in in primary school you're eating a really good diet and things that actually tasted good, and now you come to high school, you're just a bit older, and then everything you're eating is back to what they're trying to campaign for it not to be, which is unhealthy and fussy. Beth isn't entitled to free school meals, but she has a very important reason to campaign for healthier food in school. Um, so I'm a type 1 diabetic, which means that I can't produce insulin by myself, so I have to carb count to control my blood sugar levels. So that means I have to have a key eye on nutrition the whole time, making sure that I get a healthy balanced diet and making sure the carbs are what they need to be. So from that I've got a I've got there's a great team at the hospital that I go to and including is a dietitian. He helps me with all the sporting activities that I do and what I should really be eating on a day-to-day basis. So is it enough just to bring down the cost of healthy food to make it more available? No, um, to introduce more healthy foods would definitely be a start. To bump up the prices of unhealthy foods, which then makes people automatically want to go for the healthier foods, and to make water cheaper or even free in some schools. There's three fountains across the whole school, and... Usually, the only time you can ever fill up your water bottle is at break and lunch times. Well, actually, you're not allowed in the corridor at break and lunch times. So there's no opportunity to fill it up. Even if they are, they're usually broken. And if you go for lessons to go fill up your water bottle, then um, the teachers, when you get to your lesson, generally tell you off for being late. Yeah. Because you've been filling up your bottle. You should have just gone to lessons and asked. But then if you go to lessons, if you ask to fill up your water bottle... Teachers generally say no because it's lesson time and you shouldn't yeah. get a break or lunch. I think the issue is as well, it's not in the school's interest to encourage it because obviously if 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 they're getting a certain amount of money, then they need to sell the water bottles anyway. So it's it's not encouraged at all. So that's why, as food ambassadors, we want to make water 
water free in schools whether that's by adding more fountains or accessibility to um, to actual water bottles that you can fill up in school. Many young people on free school meals feel embarrassed that they can't afford those healthy meals. Even though many schools now offer cashless catering or parent pay where students use their fingerprint to access their dinner money, if you can't afford the healthier options, you're still going to stand out in the crowd. Beth told me what choice looks like on her fingerprint. If you're using normal parent pay, you're starting higher the limits, £5. So for the whole day, you can have anything for £5. So if I was hungry at break time, I might go get a piece of toast or lime water and then still be able to have my dinner at dinner time and still have a full meal with water. Do you think it's fair that I get £5 and you get £2.35? If you only have £2.35, you don't really want people to notice because um, some people have the feeling that if people know they're going to pick on you um, for not being able to have the same things that everybody else does and say if you've already spent your money at break time to get some food at lunchtime all um, all of your friends might be getting stuff and you won't be able to get anything and then if if people don't know, then there's no chance that they'll actually be able to help you. Because um, I know if I had about £5 and one of my friends didn't have enough money to get food, um, I'd buy her, say, a toastie or something like that. Um, so they didn't go without food. If you're on free school meals and one of your friends are as well, it's hard to be able to make sure that... Um, everybody's able to eat um, everything they need. If I get, say, something in the morning, say if I leave the house late and don't get a chance to have breakfast, if I get something at break time, then I won't have enough to get a proper meal at lunch. All I'll be able to get is, say, I won't even be able to get a bottle of water. I'll have to get, um, say, a slush or um, a fruit juice instead of getting, say, like a free bottle of water um, and then being able to get something like a toasting. If you get fruit, then you can't actually get the full meal with it because um, once you've got that meal, that's all you can have for the day. Um, and with fruit costing in about 30 pence, um, it's hard to actually get it. Um, fruit's always hidden um, or... If it's actually in view, most of them are either little tiny apples um, or the bananas look all brown and bruised and they don't look very appetising, so nobody really wants to get them. Now, our end goal as food ambassadors, we we don't want there to be any any discrimination when it comes to food. Why should one person have £2.35 when someone else has £5? It, It shouldn't happen. My vision as a food ambassador is that everyone can have access to meals in school for free. Liam and Nathan are on the school's Food Poverty Council. Beth and I asked them what they think are the most important issues around free school meals. As a student, I've often been in a queue and I've seen that people can't afford their lunch and they don't have enough money. And obviously, surrounded by all your friends or older children or younger children, it's embarrassing for them. Even though they shouldn't be embarrassed, they can't help it, but it just is that they can't afford to have the basic need of eating. Yeah, I've had some friends, especially through the lower school, and it's not always as obvious as you might think. I had a quite a close friend of mine that I was used to think was, you know, there were no troubles or anything, but I noticed like they wouldn't eat at lunch with us, or they'd just sit and very eat either very little or nothing at all. 
And then once you start inquiring about things, you know, just as a mate or you're chatting to them and you realise, you know, oh, it's either we pay the electric bill this week or we go without food for a couple of days, you don't realise how big the problem is. And that's something that, you know, when you look at a person, it might not seem that obvious, but you can realise what how deep these problems span and, and how much of an impact it can have. You know, he's part of a family and it's, it's not just him, it's his brothers, sisters and all of that in between. I think it's important that everybody knows and I think there is there is the awareness out there you know we're constantly bombarded in the news the rise of food banks and school dinners that we've done ourselves but I don't think we're actually being told how to act or whether people in power are actually acting on it themselves um, you know the the con- decisions can span from councils to governments and that's where it needs to come from first we've raised the issue now it's time to sort it out I think <laughs> the right to food is one of the most basic human rights that you can possibly have and should be a basic right for anyone living in the uk and that's where it needs to go we need to make sure everybody's fed our school is really proactive in highlighting the issues around free school meals but we can't change the system without help from our elected leaders we invited councillor hugh hilditch roberts the lead member for education children's services and public engagement at denver county council to come into our school to hear what we had to say Ten minutes before he was supposed to arrive, his office called to say that he had to cancel. No reason was given. Almost two years on, he still hasn't returned our calls to rearrange the meeting. Um, if, you, if you are listening now by some chance, we actually have some questions that we'd like to put forward to you. Well, the first question that we wanted to ask was, why is healthy food not prioritised for children? Um, why is a bottle of water costing a pound in school when actually we've managed to figure out that you can source it in local supermarkets for 19p per bottle? Why is there a daily limit on how much you can spend for children on free school meals compared to a child not on free school meals? Do you know what happens at the end of the financial year to any unspent money that's not been spent on free school meals? If there is any unspent money, could this be used to increase the allowance the year after? In school, they occasionally put out apples and bananas, and what do you think needs to happen to vary the choice to promote healthy eating? So, do you know that 30% of people in Denbyshire access food banks, of which 1,250 are children? What's the budget for free school meals in Denbyshire, and is it increasing year on year? And it's odd that he hasn't responded because the Scottish Government has already made school meals free for all children up to Year 4 and in January 2022 is extending it right through to Year 7. Jane Jones is in charge of school meal provision at Argyle and Butte Council and explains the Scottish vision. So the long-term plan in Scotland is to provide a universal free breakfast and lunch on a year-round basis to all pupils in primary schools and special schools across Scotland. Um, That will be a long-term objective to get to. So at this stage, the plan is to deliver some of that on a phased basis, with the priority being rolling out universal lunches during term time uh, over the course of this current year and then achieving final implementation of that by next August 2022. And that's part of the uh, renewal and the post-pandemic recovery and uh, shows that reason why we need to invest in our our services to help support children and young people who most need um, that food provision at lunchtime and at other times across the school day in and out of school. Louise Chisholm is head teacher at Loch Primary in Argyll and Butte. 
we buy into it as a school, we see the differences it makes. It supports our attainment. The children are ready to learn after a good meal and our staff also choose school meals as well and we all sit together and it's a really nice social experience that everybody enjoys. We know that some families are so busy at nights that the children don't sit down at a table and eat. They're, they're kind of eating on the hop in between clubs. So to have the opportunity to, to do this as a whole school is, is lovely. And the vision of going forward you know, for not just our school, but the local area and Scotland as a whole, you know, it's a really positive step towards making sure that it, there's equitable food provision across all the schools. Louise says it is in everyone's interest that all children are fed well at school. Free school meals is a massive part of um, a positive impact across the school. We know that children who have good access to food and nutritional food have improved concentration. For example, we ran a, a discreet breakfast club last year and we noticed that after participating in breakfast club, learners are more ready to learn. And after lunch times, when they've had a nutritious meal and some fresh air, they come back in and they're fueled and ready to go. Um, if we think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the physiological need of food is one of the bottom things. So by putting in free school meals, we're giving children access to this basic need. And the, the skills that come from that, for example, we use the dining room as a classroom as well. So due to COVID, not all our children are able to use the, the dining hall just now. We take turns at using it. And the social skills are developed through using the dining room as a classroom is excellent. You know, they, they model good behaviour. They see people eating and cleaning their plates trying different foods and that's something you know we we have a lot of conversations with parents that the child won't try this food at home but when they're sitting with their peers having a school meal they'll try new food we're really lucky here um our kitchen staff are amazing and what they do is our menus changed as a result of the new um, health promotion and nutrition act and the nutritional regulations for food in schools so a lot of our menu changed to things that children weren't familiar with for example beef tacos so our staff are amazing at saying to children, come and have a try. You know, if you don't like it, it's absolutely okay, but come and have a try. So the food's on display for the children to try. Um, so if they choose, they get a choice of two hot meals per day. And if they choose option one, they still get the chance to try option two if it's a new option. So the menu rotates every four weeks and now all the children have tried all the new foods. So when it comes on the menu, they actually choose it. So all the things that at first weren't a popular choice have now became a really popular choice. That certainly works for Leah, whose three kids have very different food needs. One of my sons is diagnosed with autism, verbal dyspraxia, and his hearing loss as well. So he's got complex needs. Um, it's given me the confidence knowing that two out of three of them have had a good sustainable meal during that day. Um, when it comes to dinner time at my house, it can be very different because obviously I've got one child who has sensory issues around food. I'm more than likely usually cooking two or three different meals a night. Um, so knowing that maybe my autistic son's had a good meal in school that he's enjoyed and then I don't need to worry so much about trying to provide that and get that into him at night time where he might not be in the mood for it or he might there might, it might cause meltdowns or anything it's easier to know right you've had a good decent meal at school we can maybe just give you your sandwich and your yogurt that you would like for dinner and I know that he's had that or vice versa he's had a packed lunch at school that day and then I'm able to give him that healthy sustainable meal at home and it's just kind of building that bridge of trying to make it work for us all as a family but obviously keeping them healthy and having their options there for all three of them so yeah it does work it's much better 
Elizabeth is part of the traveller community in Argyll and is happy to see the youngest of her four children joining the other kids and tasting new flavours at the school canteen. It does make me cool, yes. And truthfully, I like to see them try different things anyway. That's, that's where culture. We go, we travel about, we try different things. When I was younger, I never stayed in Scotland. I went from Ireland to Spain, France, trying different foods, trying different festivals. So, truthfully, I've got a wee accent for different, different places. I mean, it's good to see it nowadays. The kids are trying a lot more. And her travelling lifestyle means that she sees a different universal provision of free school meals makes on children in Scotland compared to the rest of the UK. Sometimes mums, we haven't got time to make breakfast and we've got to just rush out that door. And there's some people, it's working at six and seven o'clock and I haven't got time to make breakfast for children. So it's a quite good thing to have a wee extra thing in the morning, plus have an extra lunch or repair from them. They don't have to worry about it. It's one thing they don't have to worry about to make sure their, their kids are getting something that day. Especially in England's not even getting school meals. And I don't know about myself because my cousins phoned me and told me they're not even getting it. I mean, that's the way I see it. Every child's entitled, if they don't get paid, if they work, get this, that, they don't work, they should all get free meals. doesn't matter where they are or what background they come from. Universal provision doesn't just mean that the kids are properly fed. It means that they don't suffer from the stigma of everyone knowing they're on free school meals. Elizabeth says that her family gets enough judgement as it is. Oh, I've had judgement. Oh, look at them, they live in caravans. They don't dress proper, they don't speak proper. Things like that. That's kind of, that's only one. That's only one part of it. And then when they go to high school, it's oh, you think of this and you think of that, and you don't have this and you don't have that. But it's just a different way of bringing up. That's it. Just a different way of bringing up. Jane Jones says it's about so much more than getting kids fed healthily. It's about rebuilding a local food system that's fair, green and builds wealth within the community. We have a, a situation here where there's a recognition uh, about how investment in school meals should be seen as a priority rather than thinking about it as a cost to bear. So it is a different way of thinking around what school food can do can deliver. Actually investing in school food is an investment in our communities. It helps to support community wealth building, helps to improve access to local sustainable food, which helps support economic growth and sustainability, and also helps to value our workforce and our hardworking caterers across Scotland. And we've learned so much from the spotlight that the pandemic has shone on food poverty. This is a real moment in time where we have a lot of learning from the pandemic. We have families in real crisis who are having to cope with multiple uh, impacts of post-pandemic life uh, around lo losing the £20 universal credit uplift, increases that are coming down the road uh, to national insurance contributions. We have increased food costs, utility costs, fuel costs. Uh, families are really struggling. So if we think about how we can invest best to deliver policies that will help support families who may be in crisis, School meals is actually a low cost but high impact area that can be invested in. As I say, it doesn't just tackle the consequences of poverty, but it helps to support and improve health inequalities, close the attainment gap. And it's a way of getting our children and young people to attend school. If they know that they can have two meals while they're at school, then it's a huge pressure lifted off uh, 
parents and families. Ultimately, as we emerge from the pandemic, we should be looking at means to tackle this and create a green recovery. We have climate change and huge sustainability issues. So again, by investing in community wealth building and local um, ethical food, we can do all that through delivering school meals. So we're able to holistically use a food um, systems approach to improve the, the lives of our children and young people. And as Jane says, that feeds into local producers who can supply schools in their communities. Pete Ritchie is from Norwich, Scotland, which aims to connect suppliers with local schools. He says that the opportunity to rethink Scotland's food system, the universal provision has given so many stakeholders, is a game changer. What we'll see, if we do it right, is far more schools being able to buy food from very local suppliers and have dynamic procurement to buy in seasonal, local, particularly veg, but other produce as well, so that the kids actually get a more flexible menu, a more seasonal menu, a more responsive menu. And that means that local food producers have one contract that they've got, which they can actually fulfill as part of their income. And it's also a, a key source of pride for them, because I think there's nothing better than knowing the people that your food is going to. And if that's you know, feeding the next generation, people will be really happy about that. Norwich Scotland is all about local growers and producers feeding their own people food from healthier soil, which is distributed with real thought about its impact on the planet and those involved in the food chain. This rethink about school meals gives Scotland an opportunity to showcase what that could look like to the rest of the world. We've had a system where the focus has been on keeping the price down and also on a very rigid system of knowing in advance for the whole year, you know, what you're going to feed the children. And that's not how people normally do cooking. You know, it's much more helpful for the children, but also for the authority if they can start to respond to seasons and buy in much more flexibly from the local economy. So universal free school meals in themselves aren't going to make that change. But it's an opportunity to really rethink what is it we're trying to do with school meals, how we support the local economy, and also how are we creating a much closer connection between the people who are preparing the school meals and the kids and the local farmers so that it, it's much more like the sort of cooking that we do in our own homes where we, we find out what we can get and we cook with that. And I think it's a big ask for the catering staff but it makes their job much more interesting, much more rewarding. Um, it's just much more fulfilling and useful. And I think people take huge pride in that. So it's not the universal free school meals in themselves change it, but it's a great opportunity in Scotland to say, let's think again what we're trying to do with food in schools and make it a source of, of joy, of communication, of engagement, and not just the cheapest way we can fulfil the nutritional guidelines. Back at Lochnow Primary School, Louise says it's all about eating together. It's so lovely to see all the children sitting down together, sharing um, stories over meals, and all the children are chatting over lunch. We're, you know, we're not strict, it's a real social experience. And then the school teachers are often choosing to sit in with their classrooms with the children due to COVID just now. And... You know, we live in the, the west coast of the Scottish Highlands and on a real cold, wet, rainy day, there's nothing better than seeing a child eating a big bowl of soup and then a lovely school lunch and going out to play and setting them up for the afternoon. Surely it's a no-brainer to provide universal provision across the whole education system in the UK. It's got copious benefits. It's improving concentration, social skills, supporting attainment, ensuring equity, 
it opens up a whole new world to children of new foods. We also look at the awareness of allergies. There's a whole range of educational and health benefits that sit side by side. And, you know, what we would be doing is providing the next generation with access to nutritional meals that gives them the best start in life. And that's what we're trying to do is make sure that every child has the same opportunity and providing free school meals ensures that they're ready to learn in a classroom. Our team of ambassadors will continue to fight to make sure that every child in the UK gets access to good, healthy food. And we are hoping the government puts more funding towards children's right to access better food. We'd love it if you could have a look at our work and support us at foodfoundation.org.uk or follow Right to Food on social. And of course, please keep listening to and sharing our podcast. Thank you for listening.